Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Toby Gribben Show podcast. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Toby Gribben Show podcast. Don't forget you can listen to the full show live at shoutradio.org.uk and all of the clips right here on the podcast. Anyway, enjoy the interview. A breast cancer diagnosis can cause a life-changing ripple effect of impact, affecting those we love the most. I'm Ashling Hurley, CEO of Breast Cancer Ireland, and I'll be talking to guests about their connections to breast cancer, be it through their career, first-hand experience, or through sharing the experience of family members. Utterly unique stories on how it has informed their perspective on life, love, family, health and indeed aspirations, proving beyond doubt that breast cancer is more than a lump. The More Than a Lump podcast is available across usual podcast platforms. Michael Nolan is a lifelong martial artist with a focus on the Chinese arts, who's had more than 24 years of military service in the US Marine Corps, Marine Corps Reserves and the Army National Guard. And he's on the line with us here. And I've just done something I've never done before, which is read his introduction directly off his book. Are you impressed with that? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Marine Corps. Uh, the uh, oh, yeah. yes, is silent, but yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, no, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Thank you. I kind of messed that up. So yeah, the book okay. is called The Natural Laws of Violence. For those that haven't read it or fell asleep during it, what is the main premise behind the book? Uh, well, so it basically encompasses you know my observations um, in combat mm-hmm. regarding the mechanics of violence and how it works, and uh, you know what are the implications for that, uh, from that, excuse me, for uh, not only just a you know a martial artist perspective or somebody who has uh, you know uh, answered the calling to be uh, you know serving them in. Mm-hmm country's military um but really just for anybody trying to understand um you know how that aspect of nature works um yeah. and the, sorry the, the main premise is that simply that violence is governed by natural laws and and uh, you know it's just essentially part of nature yeah and it's an interesting idea because i'd never really thought of natural laws being a thing in violence is this something that you just thought of one day or have you always had it in your head well it's it's something that has been accepted by you know, uh, many cultures and, you know, societies throughout human history. Um, But it's just not something that is regularly discussed in the West. And uh, so it was something that I felt was appropriate, you know, and timely to kind of emphasize. But I'm sure it'll be uh, up for debate, Um, you know, just... It's something that, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of shy away from violence and it's not a, kind of a PC thing to, to discuss. And and I get that. And I am certainly not an advocate of war whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like, you know, for those of us that, that want a peaceful and, and healthy world, uh, you, you got to understand how things work. 
people like it or not you know yeah and in terms of the actual laws then the first one the wording is quite important isn't it it's the first person to effectively use violence will be victorious you can correct me if i haven't got it exactly right there that's essentially right yeah that's right with the emphasis on you know so i have these keys that i talk about you know the main takeaway from that one is is timeliness and effectiveness so mm-hmm. being first and being effective you know you need to be first and you need to be effective yeah. um, but if you have those two things uh, chances are you're going to be victorious yeah. yeah so say for example you were on a night out or whatever and you punch someone but then you look around and you picked on the wrong guy and that guy punches you back and he's won does that loss technically still apply because your first punch wasn't effective yeah exactly exactly effectiveness is, is key there so i mean i do talk, talk about that the, the much beloved uh, sucker punch uh you know is a perfect example of, of that you know kind of first law um and, and the effectiveness behind it um or the importance of effectiveness yeah yeah uh and, that, and that's a good example you know pick on somebody that uh yeah. you, you really had no business uh, uh picking on yeah could, things could go south real quick real yeah. quick yeah so the effectiveness does that just sort of mean that you have one you know what is the definition of effectiveness in this context do you think yeah well that's that's actually an interesting question um in so far as it, it brings up the whole notion of defense and um you know one of the things that i kind of realized um actually when i started studying english boxing actually western boxing um you know the importance of, of really having an iron chin um you know it's one of those things where you can be a superior warrior but if you can't take a punch you're not going to win i mean it's that simple and um so being able to kind of suffer damage and that's really what the the nature of of defense is in reality um it, it what it does is it eliminates the effectiveness of your opponent or the the ability of your opponent to be effective uh with their with their attacks um but uh yeah 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 so yeah and i'm just trying to think element. of a scenario maybe where this law wouldn't apply is it a 100 percent of the time scenario or can there sometimes be cases where somebody could be the first to have effective violence and not be victorious uh, in my experience no uh mm-hmm. and, and then in what it boils down to is an analysis of, of effectiveness you know if it's truly effective you're, you're going to be victorious. And in those situations where one might say, well, you know, that didn't work. Yeah. Cause it wasn't effective, you know? So you know, that's why those key elements are very, very, you know, crucial to understanding. Um, but even I say in my book, you know, I, I'm approaching this, I'm kind of one of the first to throw it out there and say, Hey, these are some of the mechanics we need to discuss as a military community. And, um, but I, I certainly don't claim to, to, for it to be the end all be all. And I, I absolutely welcome challenges to this and, and refinement by, you know, militaries really across the West. Yeah. That's the thing in the book, you're very, honest about the fact that you might not have got it 100% right especially with I think it's the second law where you say that violence tends to escalate and that's one I guess you can say that it isn't the case all the time. Correct yeah especially when you have as you pointed out you know um, one opponent that's clearly um, I don't want to say inferior I hate using that word but Mm. you know nowhere near a match for uh, you know any given opponent and in that case there is no incentive for them to escalate because it's just going to go from bad to worse and yeah. that so you know there there are examples in that for, regarding that second law that mm-hmm. uh you know uh, maybe exceptions to that uh, where, where the incentives are not there mm-hmm. um but uh, you know this is one of the things i certainly appreciate you having me on my, your show absolutely mm-hmm. uh because you know i'd be you know excited to hear you know uh, the uk you know mother england's uh, take on it from a, their military's perspective um you know the west uh, you know especially the united states 
rich in doctrine, and there's a lot of kind of groupthink where, uh, you know, we, we know it all, you know, we have the dominant military and you can't tell us otherwise. Um, and yeah. so there's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of break through that, uh, that, uh, you know, ego and, um, you know, but I, I would hope that some of the, uh, our, you know, mother England, sister Canada, you know, our sister services, um, you know, might be a bit more welcoming you know, mm-hmm. to this, the, these theories and, and be willing to kind of take them and, and, and move them forward. Yeah. Why do you think it's important actually to tell people about the natural laws of violence? Yeah. So, you know, there, in my mind, there's two communities. There's the military community that would be of interest and, and, and then the civilian community. On the military side, um, kind of the, the most foundational uh, elements isn't the natural laws. That's not something that's talked about in the West. It's actually what are known as the principles of war. And if you look at Western doctrine, whether it's American versus British, those two have very similar principles, but they're not the same. Mm. You look at Canada's principles of war and their military, radically different. So we're kind of all over the place. And so what I'm trying to do is take it even one step lower, you know, one more, you know, kind of talking, you know, molecules. Now I'm trying to bring it down to the atomic level, maybe even the the, the particle level, uh, you know, subatomic level and say, hey, what are these very fundamental building blocks mm. that we can then use and understand to then describe the mechanics of the higher level you know physics so to speak using that analogy yeah. within the military that's that's my goal within the military outside of the military context you know the, the hope is is that for folks you know in the west we're talking more you know diplomacy folks in the state department that sort of thing in the equivalents you know of our sister countries the hope is that you know diplomats with this greater understanding of the mechanics of violence can identify really perhaps better tools to use when they're addressing some of the issues that we see, you know, in these foreign lands. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll use kind of examples from both worlds. There's an obsession right now with special operating forces on the military side. They're the solution for every problem, you know, and on the you know, diplomatic side, it's um, uh, sanctions. They love their sanctions and the <laughs> sanctions have become the solution for everything. Um, is that necessarily the case? You know, the hope is with a better understanding of the mechanics of, you know, not just violence, but really human nature, perhaps Perhaps we can develop a you know a better courses of action tailored to each individual scenario. So that's kind of the hope. Yeah, and actually in the book as well, you talk about the fact that violence maybe shapes our world in a way, doesn't it? Because not just natural law, but law in general is based upon violence mostly. Because you know that's the worst crime you commit, and we live in fear of violence, don't we? Yeah. Yes, and and rightfully so. I mean, again, I am not advocate. You know, I am not a pro-violence guy at yeah. all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, I do make the point that, hey, this is a fundamental aspect of nature and something that we can escape from. And mm-hmm. so we do need to understand, um, you know, not only its role within our society, but, you know, how, how really it works, you know, in order to really bit, mitigate, you know, the, the negative effects of violence, you know, in our world. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm coming at. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that violence is a pretty bad solution to resolve an issue? So, you know, I, I Generally speaking, yes. Uh, but at the same time, it's important to understand that when it is appropriate, and there are times it's appropriate, mm. it's important not to shy away from it. You know, because it is part of nature. You know, if 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 you try to avoid it at all costs, at at some point you're just going to be rewarding the bully, and mm. that that does not work in the long run, right? That is, that is not good either. No. So what what I'm trying to help uh, folks do is put it in its proper place. A breast cancer diagnosis can cause a life-changing ripple effect of impact, affecting those we love the most. 
I'm Ashling Hurley, CEO of Breast Cancer Ireland, and I'll be talking to guests about their connections to breast cancer, be it through their career, first-hand experience, or through sharing the experience of family members. Utterly unique stories on how it has informed their perspective on life, love, family, health and indeed aspirations, proving beyond doubt that breast cancer is more than a lump. The More Than a Lump podcast is available across usual podcast platforms. Hello, you're very welcome to the podcast series Driving Progress with Audi. I'm the host, Emma Dabaru. I'll be speaking to Audi Ireland brand ambassadors to explore how they live their passions and beliefs and find out what has driven them to be successful and progressive in their chosen fields. We welcome you to experience progress with Audi. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Place and understand when is it right and when it is right, then understand how to engage, mm. you know, in, in its use properly. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned the word bully there. And there's an interesting story at the start, <laughs> yeah. which is a good example where you have uh, rich kids that wouldn't beat someone up. And then the poor kid who is muscly and all that, who could easily yeah. punch someone. So in the first example, the poor kid can easily steal the rich kid's lunch money. And then there's yes. another example where the rich kid actually turns out to be what is he, a ninja of some sort right, he's trained yeah. in the martial arts so he can sort of turn round and be like actually you're not going to beat me up and they sort of have a negotiation in the end don't they yeah that's right that's right that's right and in the end the rich uh, kid ends up you know willing to be generous um, mm. didn't necessarily have to be you know, you know but I tried to try to end things on a positive note there um, but uh, that, that was an exercise you know scenarios that I use uh, actually with my officer candidate students so, you know mm. towards the end of my career I was a, an instructor and I was teaching, you know, officer candidates, uh, and it was a uh, just a just you know scenarios that I would set up in order to get to get them thinking about, hey, you know, not only how how does this work, but what are the incentives behind human behavior, and um, because you know, as as officers, you know, when they end up in country, they tend to you know they'll eventually get to a point where they they manage you know uh, regions of the world you know filled with perhaps boring tribes and that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. trying to understand those incentives and, and how to align them in such a way that we have positive outcomes. Um, so again, the, the, the whole intent of this is not to uh, advocate for a violent world or violence in any way, shape or form, but to help yeah. folks understand why people become violent in the first place yeah. and then to perhaps align their incentives in such a way that uh, we have a more positive outcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in the second example of that story, maybe I can think of a way that that actually breaks the first law because maybe the poor kid could have punched the rich kid and then he would have fallen over is that potentially effective but then the rich guy gets back up again and ends up being victorious yeah so you know in that second scenario uh, he makes an attempt the poor kid makes an attempt just like you know he had threatened to do in the first scenario um uh but it wasn't effective so in that sense you know we still have the uh, validity of that first natural law uh where, where the, he was unable to be effective whereas the the, the rich kid in this case the, the expert martial artist was absolutely able to be effective and so he was the, f- the first at being effective although he wasn't the first to lash out you know as the the bully yeah yeah and another natural law which i can't remember word for word but it's like okay. it's to do with the distance really isn't it and the way that yeah. you can have yourself in a position where you can put violence onto somebody but they can't put violence onto you like how an adult would hold out a child right 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, that is, and so that 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 highlights you know the the importance of positioning, um, which is a very subtle. This is something that somebody that has been a martial artist you know their whole life gets immediately, mm-hmm. um, and you know for professional uh, military service members, if they've been in it uh, for a career, you know they'll, they'll certainly get it. You know, senior officers and senior uh, NCOs, um, but for somebody just kind of coming into that world, uh, it, it's something that you can grasp. Everybody has seen that you know adult kind of pushing the forehead away of the kid that can't get them. Um, but to understand that that actually applies, you know, to the field of combat, you know, if you're behind a wall and your rifle reaches out a thousand yards and they're out in the open and there's only reaches 500, they're in a world of hurt. You know, that's a yeah. perfect position that you want to be in. And, and that is the worst position for them to be in. Um, and it's just, you know, to understand how important positioning is, you know, uh, in, 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 on the battlefield. Um, but again, it applies even, even outside, uh, you know, the, the, that military context, mm-hmm. or if you have any, you know, in my mind, violence is, kind of the, the penultimate example of of a hyper competitive scenario and so whenever you have that kind of hyper competitiveness i also talk about kind of the markets so trading in the marketplace you know so we're talking stocks options bonds that sort of thing yeah. hyper hyper competitive um you know positioning even in those situations is everything you know when, when you get in when you get out and, and you know how much you've managed you know risk um dictates you know really the outcomes you know in the end so um just lessons that, that really apply to any kind of hyper competitive environment yeah and you write a lot actually about your own experience in the book don't you yes towards the end i do try to wrap it up with that yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and kind of show where how these things have applied um particularly that kind of right brain left brain you know mm. where yeah you got to be strict and disciplined but at the same time you also have to be compassionate you know with yourself and others and, and understand there's that there's a human element to all of this yeah, yeah absolutely and in terms of your experience have you discovered these natural laws from your experience working in the army and things or is it more research or maybe a mixture no this this is strictly my observations in combat you know from my various uh, you know multiple combat deployments uh and and it was just something that that i grew to observe and kind of uh really just i don't want to say document but it just it, it just hit home like hey this is this is the same every every battlefield i go to regardless of what enemy the, these mechanics are still how it works and you know as you become more senior you become introduced to these principles of war um it made sense where the americans and the brits got their principles of war um but it wasn't explicit in doctrine in military doctrine they don't say hey these are the principles because of x it's just presented hey these are these are principles of war yeah okay well what, what genius came up with these how, how they're, you know that really isn't explained and for whatever reason it was one of the, that was really kind of the, the the starting point where i said you know there's a reason behind these i'm not refuting them but i'm just saying that there's there there's got to be a more to the explanation behind these principles of war and that's where i came up with my observations yeah and there are four natural laws that you've sort of came up with altogether, aren't there yes yes that that generate you know about five key elements uh yeah yep 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 um within that context do you think that there are more out there or have you found them all no no no, not at all you know i I, again i make no claims to this not only being complete uh i make no claims to this being correct and i and i certainly hope you know my work is challenged you know uh, by you know militaries throughout the world uh, and and, and folks involved you know uh, in this sort of thing um you know i I really hope hope they get fleshed out more um do do i think i've laid a good foundation absolutely you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah i certainly don't want 
want to be so immodest as to claim that I figured it out. No, no, no. no. I, I, I've just started the ball rolling. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, what's the fourth law that I've forgotten then? Um, so I talk about timely. It was probably the um, action. You, you mm-hmm. at some point in time. Oh, oh yeah. Because the fourth law is technically the the, the uh, positioning one. But uh, uh, the third one that we really haven't talked about was um, action and essentially the need for action. Uh, meaning you, you can't be victorious if you're just sitting there and doing nothing. At some yeah. point in time, you do have to take action. So action is a requirement for success in a violent situation. Mm. And I guess some of these laws, maybe people might be thinking they go without saying. It's maybe obvious that you have to fight yes. in a fight to win. Yes, yes, yes. I know. And and, and I would agree with that. Yeah. I would completely agree with that. But then it begs the question, then why hasn't anybody else you know, <laughs> yeah. mentioned these kind of yeah. fairly obvious? No, I agree. I, I, mm. I would not uh, refute that criticism at all whatsoever. And And my only counter is that correct and but it has not been documented and so that's that was uh, yet another purpose behind the book yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. i guess that's true a natural law is a natural law no matter how obvious it is it still needs to be in the list yes yes absolutely discussed and and it's you know ramifications kind of uh, fleshed out so absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. And have you got any plans for more books after this one, perhaps? Um, not really. I have been asked to go try and do some other non-related things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a blog, and I can see perhaps where I tell some of my war stories, and uh, so I could see you know those maybe at some point in time being amalgamated into a book. Um, but. Uh, there, there are no plans at this point in time for a series. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm more excited just to get folks talking about, uh, you know, what I've discussed in this book. Yes, absolutely. At this point, yeah. And in the yeah. meantime, this is the book, The Natural Laws of Violence. And, you know, it's actually quite a quick read. You could read it in about an hour. So if people yeah, are put good. off, then they don't need to be because it's only an hour. Where can yeah. we find the book if we're interested in it then? Yeah, so it is on Amazon um, UK. And, uh, you know, again, Natural Laws of Violence, Michael Nolan, and it comes up uh, pretty easily. But um, it's uh, that's the main uh, vendor is uh, Amazon. Great. Well, thanks very much for coming on today. It's been great to have you on the show. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time very much. A breast cancer diagnosis can cause a life-changing ripple effect of impact, affecting those we love the most. I'm Ashling Hurley, CEO of Breast Cancer Ireland, and I'll be talking to guests about their connections to breast cancer, be it through their career, first-hand experience, or through sharing the experience of family members. Utterly unique stories on how it has informed their perspective on life, love, family, health and indeed aspirations, proving beyond doubt that breast cancer is more than a lump. The More Than A Lump podcast is available across usual podcast platforms. The throbbing pulse of sounds of sound. The Toby Gribben Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.